today on the Tearsheet Podcast. We have basically a new team that is overseeing the direction of Mint, a new leadership team, and we have really brought in, uh, an influx of talent into the organization that is versed in the space. The big thing that we realized is that you know, Mint uh, by itself is a product that is incredibly powerful. And, you know, as you noted, it was kind of the originator in the space, but it also has a great brand and it has a very loyal mm -hmm. following of users that are incredibly engaged. And so what we wanted to do was really just kind of capitalize on that and take the product to, you know, a different level. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet's Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. As a pioneer in personal financial management, Mint was a star, but after getting acquired by Intuit, Mint kind of dropped out of the public eye. Years passed, and so many new PFM apps and challenger banks have entered the market. But Mint is back with a new ethos for addressing the challenge of helping consumers with their cash flow. Mint no longer stands alone as a consumer offering at Intuit, which is deep into serving the small business. Intuit bought personal finance leader Credit Karma last year, giving Mint more of a home and a strategy at the firm. Intuit's head of consumer finance, Varun Krishna, joins me on the podcast to discuss where Mint has come from and where it's taking its 25 million users in the future with a new product update and renewed push to help individuals manage their money. Intuit's Varun Krishna is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Uh, hi, my name is Varun Krishna. I'm a senior vice president and general manager at Intuit, and I look after Mint. I've been with the company for about five and a half years, and uh, Really excited to be here with you, Zach, talking about all things personal finance. Yeah, I'm excited as well. And and in those five years at Intuit, have you been with Mint the entire time? No, I actually started um, as the head of product for TurboTax. Mm -hmm. And so I look after um, our consumer tax offering and kind of helped build out um, the innovation strategy for that. And then um, I was the chief product officer for our consumer business, looking after both TurboTax and Mint. And then more recently, I, I uh, switched over to the Mint role where I'm really focused on uh, personal finance. Have, have your learnings from um, the TurboTax days informed you uh, in some of the work you're doing with Mint? Yes, they really have. Um, you know, one of the great things about Intuit is that we are a very customer-obsessed um, company. And so a lot of the DNA of TurboTax is really focused on really focusing on the customer problem, trying to understand where the pain points are, trying to build empathy for customers. And so a lot of that um, approach and mindset have been really helpful in helping us try to plan out the next chapter of the Mint product as well. So can we talk about, I guess, the, the you know, we've, we've, we've focused on Intuit a lot uh, through this podcast and our coverage at Tearsheet, less so on the consumer side, more so on, on, on the small business side. Can you talk about what the vision is um, focusing on the consumer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, simply put, you know, our vision at the end of the day is to create financial freedom for all consumers. That is the overall vision for our consumer division. We um, we started to get more serious about our investment in consumer um, back around when I started. And, you know, we our DNA, in some sense, as a company has been very much focused on uh, bookkeeping, small business, as well as tax. And then more recently, we have really made a, a big investment in building out our personal finance strategy and vision and organization, because we see just a major opportunity there um, really to do more for consumers. We see how much pain there is when it comes to debt, when it comes to financial habits, when it comes to emergency savings. And we think the fintech space is an amazing place for us to really have 
a huge impact, you know, help consumers get out of debt, you know, help them build emergency savings, help them with their financial habits. And so in the past couple of years, we have just really um, shifted our focus from being focused on that DNA of bookkeeping and tax, which is still the foundation of the company. And we think that there's just a big opportunity for us to make a dent um, in the financial system for consumers. We think there's a lot of opportunity for us to just be uh, an advocate for consumers and to really be uh, someone who approaches the landscape in a very different way. So obviously, you know, Mint Mint was one of the pioneers in personal financial management. Um, got acquired by Intuit, and then you know, it's been there've been a lot. There is a lot of competition in the space now. It's it's much more crowded than when Mint started, um, and Mint kind of went quiet from my perspective over over the past few years. So, like, what what's changing now? Yeah, it's a great question. I think one, you know, I want to acknowledge that you know, over the past several years, we've had a lot of different strategies and teams and organizations that have been focused on Mint. Uh, and we've tried to do a lot of different things. And, you know, more recently, we have basically a new team that is overseeing the direction of Mint, a new leadership team. And we have really brought in, uh, an influx of talent into the organization that is versed in the space. The, the big thing that we realized is that, you know, Mint uh, by itself is a product that is incredibly powerful. And, you know, as you noted, it was kind of the originator in the space. But it also has a great brand and it has a very loyal mm -hmm. following of users that are incredibly engaged. And so what we wanted to do was really just kind of capitalize on that and take the product to you know, a different level. So we've been working hard over the past year on a major update to the Mint product experience that we launched in January that we called internally um, Project Mercury. And uh, in this, we, we did a couple things. I think one, we obviously addressed some of the biggest requests that we've heard from our loyal Mint users. Um, things like how we show net worth, how we show spending over time, you know, better ways to view your spending month over month. And I'm sure people were added, very opinionated, right? They, they are, yes. Yeah. Mint users are, yeah, they're incredibly engaged I can see and, that. and very loyal. And so we, you know, in building this update, we made sure that we really listened to our customers. You know, every single day we were talking to our customers, asking them how they uh, thought about the features that we were releasing. And we were very careful about not doing things to disrupt the aspects of the product that customers really, really liked. And that was a really good um, learning experience for us. But there's, um, you know, we are, uh, we have the iOS product in market right now. Um, customers are loving it. They love the fact that we have now uh, full screen data visualization. We've actually made it easier for them to get access to what we called Mint Sites, which are basically data-driven insights that are built into the product. We've added the ability to bulk edit and improve categorization. Uh, we've added a new This Month tab that allows you to basically access all of your spending trends and budgets with just one tap instead of a long scroll. Uh, we've improved usability. Um, we also have support for things like crypto aggregators. We've added automated subscription tracking. And this is really just um, a first step. I think you can expect that over the coming months, um, we're going to continue to add more and more functionality and richer features to the experience and really build out that experience further. We have launched this experience on the iOS platform, and we are just putting the finishing touches on our Android platform as well, which is going to be launching um, very soon. That's great. And I really appreciate um, that timeline. What, what do you think, Varun, um, changed that that you guys like kind of figured it out this time as opposed to the previous times, like what? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is, you know, 
part of this is just the process of learning. You know, mm-hmm. on some level, I'm really grateful to all of the efforts that we've made in Mint in the past years because it really allowed us to learn around what problems we can go after, you know, what what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, as you know, the, the personal finance space is, is quite broad and it's quite diverse. You know, there's everything from products that help you get out of credit card debt to products that, you know, are purely focused on things like banking and checking and savings account. But one thing that we realized is that there's a big problem out there that really not a lot of players are really focused on helping consumers with. And that has to do with really um, what we think about as discretionary spending and, and habits. You know, one of the biggest challenges that consumers face when it comes to finances is just how do they think about, you know, just the the consequences of the habits that they have around their money. You know, for some people, when they have a certain amount of money in their bank account, they will spend that money no matter how much it is. Um, for others, you know, they have just sort of um, just natural human nature type cognitive biases when it comes to things like um, short-term versus long-term needs. Um, you know, understanding the difference between uh, a decision that they make now and what impact that decision may have on their future. And so what we did this time around is we really honed in on that particular problem around spending. How do we help consumers uh, unlock lasting money-saving habits? How do we help them spend less than they make? And how do we actually help them spend smarter? And so we have really focused in on that. And we have, for example, we've launched models to help uh, predict and warn customers if they're heading toward an overdraft. And in the first year of this launch, you know, we saved our customers a million dollars. Um, we launched the capabilities I mentioned earlier to monitor subscriptions and bills for price increases mm-hmm. that customers may not be aware of. And in the first three months of the launch, we found $25 million in new subscriptions or price increases for um, almost three quarters of a million customers. So part of it is just really trying to understand how do people spend money? What are the habits that they have focused on from a day-to-day or week-to-week perspective? And how can we actually help them with those particular habits in service to their goals? And so that's become, you know, a really, um, I would say, dedicated focus for us. And we think it's an area that there's not a lot of other, you know, products out there that are really focused on helping consumers spend less. And and it's also something that we think Mint is very naturally uh, tuned toward. And it's something that we think we can can make a big impact. Um, And what's also awesome is, you know, there's also an opportunity for us to really introduce um, things like gamification Mm -hmm. and really help consumers almost think about spending as a challenge, right? Like, can I I, uh, take on a particular spending challenge this week or this month? Can I try to um, go into like a no spend day? Um, you know, if I go to the bar with my buddies, can I can I maybe uh, take on a challenge to order the well instead of the premium? You know, so there's mm-hmm. there's lots of interesting ways that we think we can influence consumer behavior. And so that we're, is an area that we're really excited about focusing on. It's an interesting point you made also that many other uh, competitors aren't necessarily focused on consumer spending less, especially if they're monetizing interchange fees. They're sort of incentivized to get people to spend more. Um, right. Where do you see Mint's influence, I guess, beginning and ending? Um, obviously, you know, spending and 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 getting, you know, delayed gratification, consumers focused on, you know, using analytics to, to stay within their means, like that's a huge undertaking. Um, do you plan to get into money movement, you know, the way you have with QuickBooks Cash? Um, is, is I guess, is there an intention to, to play more of a banking role than just a, a personal finance role? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And I think for us, the way we look at the space is we're going to go where we need to go to solve the customer problem. And, and to your point, one of the great things about Intuit as a company is that we have a number of key capabilities that we're investing in uh, to build out our fintech platform as a company. And so while I can't share you know, in detail exactly you know, what we will and won't do, um, I think a big part of our strategy is to continue to invest and grow. So it's one thing to sort of intervene on behalf of the consumer and say, hey, we think you should be spending less in this particular place or to provide an insight, but we think we can go a step further. And obviously it's greater if you can actually just move the money on behalf of the consumer. And so the nice thing is we do have a number of capabilities as a company that um, allow us to basically do more in this space. Uh, and we also think that the combination of Mint and Credit Karma really become more of a, 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 a powerful combination when you think about the breadth of all the things that we can do uh, together. Can you talk about that, the breadth of, of the, the tie-up between Credit Karma and Mint? Well, I mean, I think if you kind of step back and just think about the overall landscape, you know, what we have really noticed is that there's there's a set of key problems that exist for customers that we think we can help them with. You know, there's um, on one end of the spectrum, there are things like, um, high cost debt, you know, where consumers get into the wrong kind of um, financing, you know, they get a high interest credit card, they get a high interest mortgage, um, you know, they, they, they end up, you know, having to deal with things like payday loans, um, or pay advances. And what we want to do in that case is really focus on helping them with automation, and artificial intelligence to actually um, reduce that debt by basically getting into lower cost interest situ situations. And this is a, a problem space that we think companies like Credit Karma are perfectly suited to help with because a big part of that is the DNA of what Credit Karma does as well. Uh, the other thing that we think is interesting here is just also um, leveraging artificial intelligence, uh, leveraging machine learning, and just automating the process, right? Like instead of making customers have to understand compound interest and uh, have to fill out complex forms. You know, why don't we just pre-fill the data, make things one click, and just get you to a better debt situation um, with without a lot of you know heavy lifting on your part. Um, then you know, kind of in the middle, you know, there's this this area that just has to do with with savings, and this is where I think to your point, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of functionality and products that are out there that aren't necessarily helping you with your particular um, situation, especially when you look at like banking type products, you know, like one of the favorite things I like to point out is that there's a reason why your bank, you know, doesn't go out of their way to remind you that you're going to overdraft your account when they probably know that you are, you know, because, because their, their business model is built around things like overdraft fees. And um, so we think that there's a, you know, one, I think we think that we have a, a moral obligation to basically create um, offerings that can actually help you with a different kind of checking account or a different kind of savings account. One that um, maybe is more similar to a product that has no fees or that it has reminders, that has notifications, that really tries to help you um, avoid overdraft fees. Uh, and so thinking about that middle problem, it's really about building savings, you know, helping you create that emergency fund that most consumers don't have. Uh, and so that's a, an opportunity that we think we have that's kind of at the intersection of Credit Karma and Mint. And then, as I said earlier, the third problem that we're really focused on is just that day-to-day -day habit forming. How do we help consumers build good financial habits? And a big part of our strategy there is obviously connecting to their spending, but then also just also um, 
helping consumers uh, protect themselves from themselves, <laughs> you know, by yeah. uh, whether it's moving money or whether it's, you know, helping consumers sign up for spending challenges and things like that. Uh, and then just fundamentally educating them uh, from a from a content and financial literacy, literacy perspective on how uh, better habits basically will allow them to achieve their long term goals. I, I know we have time for one last question. Um, I'm curious if the Mint uh, revenue model has evolved over time. Yeah, it's a very good question. And, you know, I think um, today, you know, the, the Mint offering is free for customers uh, and it is the most, you know, functional personal finance app that's out there. And we're really proud of that because our monetization, you know, strategy allows us to basically deliver a highly functional product to customers that um, that they engage with and that they enjoy. Now, that being said, you know, we have today a monetization model where we have, um, we call it beyond user paid, where we basically offer uh, financial products in our marketplace. And if users are interested in a particular product, whether it's a credit card or personal loan uh, or mortgage, which is a new experience that we're, we're gonna be launching soon, mm. um, you know, we, we allow consumers to shop for those financial products. And that's been our, our only monetization strategy. Um, this coming year is going to be the first year where we'll be testing into a couple of new areas. Um, you know, we've heard from many customers that, you know, they don't like the ads that are in Mint. And many customers are saying, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I'd be happy to pay for a, 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 small, a small fee for a version of Mint that has no ads. Mm -hmm. That just allows me to focus on my finances. So we're going to be testing some ideas there. And we're also testing into, you know, a more advanced functionality, you know, leveraging freemium type business models that we've learned from um, other uh, offerings in the space. And then we're also going to be testing, you know, potentially things like services where we can offer uh, things like financial advice and other areas as well. So it's still, you know, really early days. Um, but, but this year we are planning to experiment into some diversification strategies around monetization. And we're pretty excited about that and would love to you know, at the right time, maybe come back and talk to you more about that. Yeah, we'd like to hear that as well. Varun, thank you for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast. That was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the time, Zach. I, uh, I really enjoyed uh, the conversation. <laughs>